0: Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club and part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, aka Permanent Handle,
1: And I'm Alex Good, aka Alex Good.
0: Welcome to the new year. Welcome to a new podcast. We're saving all of our new year stuff for next week because we're busy people and trying to plan a new year episode, like when the actual new year happens, is uh, it's a little outside of our reach. So... Let's just pretend that this is, like, a 2022 epilogue, if you will.
1: Sure. Also, people are getting bombarded with New Year's content right now. So, like, we're going to give you a break.
0: Yeah. And some people have, like, their New Year's stuff ready on the 31st. Some people do it right on the 1st. We, I think, as is represented by our entire brand, are a little chill here. You know, we're here to go at our own pace, and we hope that... You needed this pace, too. We're here to stagger the content so you won't just aren't overloaded with top five and top ten lists all the time.
1: Yeah. And, you know, here's the thing. We're professionals here, all right? You know there's probably, I mean, we're busy. These are all excuses. You know that, hey, man, if we really want to do it, we could. But do you know what separates us from the other people you consume?
0: Are you consuming people? What was that? Are you consuming people?
1: On the regular, actually.
0: Okay, just to I, double check. I
1: consume check. all kinds of people, sometimes many people all at once.
0: All right, and anyway, th- as you were saying.
1: Yes, so I think of all the content, along with people you're consuming, there's a couple of things that separate us from them. One, we don't have ads, bro. So we don't even ask welcome. for anything. Yeah, we have no Patreon where we're asking for money. We don't have a GoFundMe. We don't have anything, okay? We're available at our cost and our time for you. So, you know what? If it's a little loosey goosey, it's a loosey goosey, bro.
0: Also, if a podcast that you're listening to gives you a GoFundMe instead of any other form of like podcast supporting form, you're listening to a very broke podcast. Like, that it's podcast so has fun. an ulterior motive.
1: Dude, GoFundMe's are for people who died and their family can't afford the funeral. Yeah. Too hey, Gold, Gold my, Hey,
0: my grandma just died. We can't afford a funeral. So my buddy and I are making 25 episodes of a podcast and hoping that you guys help us reach this $10,000 goal. You know, right. it'd mean a uh, lot I just to found us. out My
1: dog has cancer and also needs a hip replacement. So we're asking for $20,000 so we can also raise money for our podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so because we don't ask for that, we ask very little from you, just a little patience. Now, Let's move on to our movie. This month, we are talking about movies that formed us. We're starting with my movies this month. And the first movie that we're talking about is the Disney classic. And I mean, capital C classic, Sky High. If you don't want to hear us talk about this movie, you can go ahead and skip to this time code right here.
1: Time code, 26 minutes, 37 seconds.
0: So... Sky High, two thousand five.
1: Yeah, it's
0: a movie about it's a it's My Hero Academia, but uh, a two thousand five Disney movie. It's about kids who have superpowers and go to school, and it and it stars uh, Michael Angarano as Will Stronghold. He's our he's our main character. He is the son of two superheroes, which is uncommon in his world. But he doesn't have any superpowers, so he's an unsuperpowered kid in a superpowered high school. And that's the general v- scope of the movie.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much the movie. Um, This movie is a certified classic, bro. Yeah. And it feels like a Disney Channel original movie, um, except it's just elevated a little bit higher than that because they got, like, a few celebrities.
0: Yeah, and head. a lot of, like your mom and dad celebrities like Kurt Russell and Kelly Preston you know th- people your parents recognize Linda Carter
1: yeah. yeah and it's and it's good but it definitely feels like D- Disney Channel original movie just like slightly elevated yes um, absolutely w- which reads really well when you watch this as a kid yeah um and I uh, dude it's this movie's nostalgic. To say the least for all the early 2000s kits. So if you were born like 1995, between 1995 and like 2002, 2003, this movie's your bread and butter. Yeah. This movie slaps to everyone in the age range. And I think if you're too early, this movie's lame. And if you're too late, you're like, oh, this is just like bad Spider-Man, bad Avengers. It just feels weird.
0: Yeah, it's definitely old and it definitely shows, but I still think this movie still carries a little bit of charm. I think that if you were to watch this movie now, you probably wouldn't like it. If you'd never seen this movie before and you watch it for the first time, you probably would not like it, but you understand why people do. Like, oh, they grew up with this movie and I understand where the childhood, like why it appeals to that demographic
1: yeah dude, it's a classic. It's it's good. I I don't I don't talk about it often with people. Like this movie never comes up. So like that should tell you everything you need to know. But like it's worth watching and I didn't feel bad for watching it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, so Alex, what two things yes. from this movie do you think made this movie formative for me?
1: I think it I think the fact that there was a kid who didn't have any powers who became friends with a bunch of sidekicks. Right. And having that group of like outcasts was very formative to you. And then he ends up like getting superpowers and he gets, he leaves the sidekicks and gets, you know, selected to be a hero, but he's still friends with the sidekick. So I think that whole high school dynamic is very formative for you. Like you're way over. With the it, bud. Even... <laughs> okay. Here, let's try this again. Yeah. Here's, let's try this again. Um, uh i'm trying to think of, i'm trying not not to think about this i think you were excited about high school because of this movie and school in general and i think you wished you were in this friend group
0: it's so the two reasons i wrote down when i watched this movie was one superheroes i think this was like one of the first big superhero movies i watched and i'm like this is sick it just made you
1: into it Yeah. And like, I I
0: watched like a little bit of like Justice League cartoon stuff, but like, this was the first like superhero thing that I watched a few times. And I'm like, oh, I like the concept of superheroes. Um,
1: Dude, I never met a single person who watched this movie once. Everyone watched this countless times.
0: And the second thing that was formative for me from this movie was it. Uh, this I developed a crush on Mary Elizabeth Winstead very I, early in my we life. We watched
1: this movie. I'm like, this is probably when he fell in love. Yeah. This right here. I watched it. Uh, the thing is, is I remember watching this movie and being like, that chick is not my type. <laughs> and I remember, and I was like, I had this on <laughs> DVD, so we watched this countless times. And that the whole time I'm thinking like. This is not, this chick is not my type. Of every, I watch female- this movie
0: and I'm like, why is my heart heavy? Why? Why am I sweating a little bit?
1: Okay, of all the women in this movie, who is my type? This is a I don't hard know. One.
0: It is because you're not really into like that girl next door type as much. So nope. like that kind of this rules is going to be. Daniel this is not a, This is
1: not an easy question. Right?
0: It's really. Oh, is it the cheerleader? No. Oh, okay. That would have been that would it's have been even
1: more base. obscure. It's even more
0: even obscure. more obscure than yes. I would love to know. Is it Linda Carter? Is it Linda Carter? Principal
1: Powers? No, no. <laughs> it's his mom.
0: Oh, okay, okay. It's <laughs>
1: Kelly Preston, Josie. I'm like, dude, Josie's a cool mom, dude. I <laughs> she just like is. her?
0: She really is, and I also really like their parenting style. They have a really cool dynamic to watch as a kid. So will's dad is like a little rough on him and like
1: he's a lot of like the back in my day kind of guy
0: yeah and he also holds will up on this big pedestal because he wants will to carry the legacy and so when will doesn't have powers and he can't carry that legacy even as a kid i was like come on dad like you're you're being too hard on him it's outside of his control but that don't that really only happens for like a scene or two but watching them kind of parent together and you know him kind of doing the your mom's mad at you but i'm not so let's just pretend i'm also mad at you yeah, like dude. that's the sign of like a cool parent at least in that moment um but right. oh, and, and his mom's cool too. You know, it's yeah. just that. Yeah, one of those
1: things to be like, hey, you need to do something about this. And he goes, why? And he goes, because he's doing something bad. And he goes, yeah, I know, but it's not that bad. And I'm like, this is sweet. I because the thing is, is he was worried. He wasn't scared his parents were going to do something. He was worried what his parents would think, which is the correct way to parent. You yes. don't want to be worried about like my dad is literally going to. He's the strongest man on earth. He is going to murder me. He was just like, I don't want my dad to be disappointed. And that's good. That's what you want.
0: I I don't know what it is, but I think I think it was Zach was the character's name the the, the dude that the glow, glow in the in dark. Day. Yeah. Um, yeah. He rubbed me the wrong way, and I couldn't put my finger on why. I think it's just like that aesthetic and character type. I'm just not a personal fan of.
1: I think. Yeah, I thought he was hilarious.
0: In general, that whole friend group—I mean, it's a ninety-minute movie, so yeah. <laughs> that that whole friend group is, uh, in my opinion, like a little underdeveloped as far as secondary characters go. Like, I feel yeah. like I knew more about Speed and Lash than I did, you know, the friend group, or at least I cared more about Speed and Lash.
1: They had this. They had the same amount of lines. Yeah, and one of them was best friends to the main character, and the other ones were goons.
0: So it like it was a little disappointing watching it as an adult and trying to get Mm -hmm. these relationships out of this movie. And they're just kind of not there. Cause when it comes to these like Disney channel movies, these like mid ots Disney movies is they are either a little empty like this or oddly profound. Yeah. (laughs) And this one was a little more superficial. So it did not quite land in the, in the profound department. Uh, so it's 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 a as an as an adult, it's a pretty good fluff movie. If you want to remember what it was like to watch a movie, you know, on Disney Channel like late one Thursday night, you know, th- this is the movie that captures that emotion pretty well.
1: Yeah, I think that's what this movie is for now. Yes. Cuz now in almost every way this movie is made, there's something that does it better. But if you want something to take you back, this is one of the movies that does it. Yeah. Um, so,
0: according yeah. to Box Office Mojo, uh, this movie had a budget of thirty-five million dollars, and then a worldwide box office of eighty-six million dollars, which isn't bad. And I was looking through the trivia of this movie, and IMDb says that there was a that when they signed everybody on, there was a sequel and a TV series in their contracts, and neither of those things got made. And uh, that. And that's a bummer because I know that as a kid I would have watched the crap out of both of them.
1: Yeah, dude. That <laughs> that would have taken up all of my time. That would have taken yeah. up all my time.
0: I also remember like as a kid feeling like very anxious for Will. Um Will has big Eric Foreman energy from like that 70s show. And I don't know if yeah. I'm only making that comparison because I'm also watching that 70s show right now, but they have, like, they radiate very mm-hmm. similar energies. They're just tall, anxious boys. And when they do that fight scene in the cafeteria between him and Warren and Peace, like, I was just, like, I was so worried about the consequences of the aftermath, like them breaking a bunch of stuff. And Warren oh, just, wow. like... Hurling fire in the cafeteria, I'm like that. That's gonna burn the building down.
1: Yeah, Warren is so cool. Okay, so Warren Peace is like the arch enemy because you know this is a superhero movie. You have to have a nemesis because Will's dad put his dad in prison where he's serving five lifetime sentences. Um, so he's never seen his dad again. (laughs) Yeah, obviously he's a little upset with Will, who, by the way, when he gets to high school, is famous. Because he has the, his superheroes are the celebrities of the superhero world. They're the guys, like the Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie type. So everyone's like, we wanna be friends with you. Even when they find out, even before they find out Will has powers, everyone's like, super into this guy. And then when they find out he does have powers, like later in the movie, everyone's even more into him. And of course, War and Peace, which is a dope freaking name as a pun, is awesome. Um, as,
0: and as a kid, like you don't get it at first and you it's a thinker when you're, when you're a kid.
1: I thought it was cool because I'm like war and peace. That is such a dope name. I t- it didn't go any deeper than that. Like the fact that it was a book that, that went completely over my head, but as a character, like this super dark guy with a sensitive tie side was like the first time I'd ever seen this before. And he gives off major Taylor Lautner vibes. So like,
0: yes, yeah. There's
1: something in this early 2000s, something was in the water, um cuz this guy was everywhere. He was just the first time I saw something like this. Like that, I'm yeah. dangerous but also sensitive.
0: Um I also this movie also did something else for me, which was it kind of started the spark of me being a big fan of the friends to lovers trope. Like yeah, I fi- I find, I find that so endearing. It's what it is my favorite trope is friends to lovers, and even though I was a bigger, even though I I liked Mary Elizabeth Winstead more, I even when they had their scenes together, um, I was like Daniel Panabaker makes more sense, and so yeah. I was kind of down to clown with that too.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, that's funny because next month when we do my movies that made us, I am not a fan of that trope, so I'm the opposite. Okay. Um, And we'll talk about more that when we do my movie because I'm into the let me convince you to like me and you didn't even know who I was yesterday and I want you to be obsessed with me. So like the friends to lovers thing was never interesting to me. I'm like, this is cheating. She already liked you. This one Because that's the main device in this movie. Huge device is they both have this I like you thing and it's never been acted on. So the one of the first scenes of the movie is him getting embarrassed in front of her by his parents but they've known each other since first grade but he's still like i want her to like me so guys don't like make me look bad and then there's a huge device when she goes i was gonna invest invite him to homecoming and then his homecoming date um basically says oh he knows and he's just not into you like that and that like causes a huge riff in their relationship so like that whole friend i was and i've liked you since the beginning i just Didn't want to lose you by asking you out. That whole thing is like one of the big three devices in this movie.
0: Yeah. Also, shout out to Will for when Mary Elizabeth Winstead like bullies Daniel Panabaker like that. He just like stands
1: up, comes back, and asks what happened. And that's that's the weird thing for me is like she didn't see anything wrong with it because she just told him. I'm like he she she could have said oh I don't know she must you know. Didn't want, didn't want to be here. She didn't know anybody, so she just left. Um, but she straight up said, "I told her you weren't interested in her like that." And he ni- he nips it right there. Yeah, he's like, which is like, no,
0: yeah, he's like, you made this friendship harder. I, uh, she is my friend, and you just like p- damaged our relationship big time. Like, you cannot talk to her like that. And he just dumps her right then and there. And I'm like, that is,
1: that is some in the most that's awkward a- way you could do it. But yeah, he does. I remember watching this as a kid. She goes, are you dumping me? He goes, yeah, you've been dumped. She goes, nobody dumps me. He goes, well, I don't know what to tell you. You've been dumped. I'm like, first of all, no, you never say the person you're dumping that you're dumping them. Say I'm breaking up with you. And then when you refer to it with your friends the next day, you say you dump them. You don't you don't tell the person to the face you're dumping them. That's very disrespectful. <laughs> that's so disrespectful. Yeah, I remember that as a kid. I'm like, oh, that's clunky. That's that's kind of mean. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> Um, I mean, the styles, very early aughts, they, I mean, they nailed it because everyone actually looked like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, the secret sanctum I wanted so bad.
0: So bad. And when, and when the dad does that thing, when, when his dad gives him the Xbox, I was like, I want that to happen to me. Oh, yeah. my dad to spin a chair around and have an Xbox waiting for me.
1: I mean, this just has all the quintessential high school stuff. You have your house party. You got your girlfriend. You got the popular kids. You got the cliques. It's very high school. Um, also, the school looked dope.
0: Yes, it, that I remember that. And um, the Save the Citizen game looked very cool to me. It, it looked cool. like a game I wanted to play.
1: They have a science class where you build a freeze ray. And I'm like, do you know how much more I would pay attention if that was real?
0: Also, the teachers are ruthless to their students. Oh, oh my God. Mean, bro. Mean. They, they will, f- you know, take said freeze gun and then freeze a failing student.
1: Uh, Coach Boom was like dropping cars on people. Yeah. And he sent Will to the nurse because they put him on a springboard and he got shot into the bleachers because he thought he could fly.
0: And, you know, that's all part of the, the power separation test. So that's one thing. But on the other hand, Coach Boomer would also use his like booming voice and just launch kids across the gym.
1: Yeah, it was one of those things I'm like, hey man, this is definitely, this is so toxic.
0: Like, the Sorry. test is one thing. We can talk about the test. But you're just yelling at kids knowing that you yelling at them sends them flying like a cannonball.
1: Right. You're shattering windows outside the school. Okay, speaking of shattering windows, what do you think about the bus driver?
0: As a kid, I kind of thought he was lame. But as an adult, I've kind of come around on him. He's, he's cool in that dorky way.
1: Yeah, I dig it, dude. I remember back then, I'm like, well, dude, he's nice. Ron Wilson, bus driver. I'm just like... I would be friends with you. I have no reason not to be friends with you. You're just cool. And he gives Will a ride just because he asked for it. Yeah. Now, what did you think of Mr. Boy?
0: He was comedic relief in this movie, so I didn't think too much about him. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's obvious this movie is not subtle when it's parodying something. And so, Mr. Boy is the obvious, like, burnt out or the washed up sidekick, the, the Robin parody. And... I thought the classes that he taught were pretty funny. He like he would start a class and be like, all right, time for motorcycle sidecar basics. And I'm like, that's that's right. pretty funny.
1: Um and he's like teaching you like the he gives you like a utility belt for when your hero asks for something. So yeah, there's cutscene where there's like an inflatable boat that inflates on his desk. It's just like interesting stuff. I mean, he's American boy and he was Will's dad's sidekick. And he's and then Will's like never heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is this is like cringe. I remember what that feeling felt like as a kid. I'm like, this is awkward.
0: And he also had a crush on Will's mom yep. uh, before his dad started dating her. And he tried to tell her like during the climax of the movie, and he gets interrupted. And I'm like, Well, I I don't care. This is fitting. But Sorry, bud. Missed your chance. He's yeah. like, he plays into all of the pathetic character tropes. So if that's your thing, you'll find him funny.
1: I mean, this movie just tropes the movie, but I think it got in early. And because kids were watching it, you just don't care. You just straight yeah. don't care.
0: Um, also, Jim Rash is the evil henchman uh, to Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And yeah. I didn't realize that until watching this movie now because the entire, I watched community when I was a freshman in college and the entire Mm -hmm. time I was watching community. I'm like, this guy feels so familiar, but I cannot (laughs) put my finger on
1: it. Cut
0: to four years later. I'm like, Oh, it was this. It was this specifically.
1: So it happened to me the other way. Cause I watched this a million times and then I watched burn notice and I'm like, is that Coach Boomer?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Is that Bruce
1: Campbell in Burn Notice, and now he's a spy? I'm like, this is weird. But now I've watched so much more Burn Notice than I have that. I'm like, I go back. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Bruce Campbell is just in everything.
0: See, even though I haven't seen any of the movies, I still think of Bruce Campbell as the evil dead guy.
1: Like, No, he's all Burn Notice for me.
0: Yeah, and I again I watched all of Burn Notice. I've seen all the Sam, all the Spider Man movies, and like, yeah. So like, I've seen a bunch of Bruce Campbell stuff, and for some reason, I associate him with the one big thing of his that I haven't seen. Oh
1: well, that's weird.
0: Um. Oh no, this movie's simple. It's simple. It's easy.
1: Yeah, there is a plot twist, but everyone sees it. No one sees the specific plot twist coming, like Macy at in the beginning was like oh my gosh that's her mom and I'm like
0: okay not quite it's a
1: pretty easiest plot twist to see coming it's not the plot twist but I mean you can call it early
0: yeah I definitely didn't understand the details of that plot twist until like I was an old like a young teenager because the thought of like her being aged down and then being raised again into high school years and then following the same evil plan that was a little too much for a six-year-old but when i rewatched it like at like 12 or 13 i'm like oh okay that's actually a pretty cool plan all right i get it that's cool
1: i didn't i thought it was weird because i you i ended up overthinking it i'm like why wouldn't you just do something else you got a whole you had to you got an extra 20 years of life because you're a teenager again and you still wanted to do it also they never spell out the end game. It's like you're all babies now, and I'm like, does that mean you're gonna kill them, or you're gonna raise them to be supervillains? But it's never but spelled out. Then they start out. like
0: taking care of the babies, and they're being yeah, they're gentle putting them and... in
1: car seats, and I'm like, what's the end game here? Like, I don't understand what's what's going to happen. Now it does obviously nothing happens because this is a superhero movie, and the bad guy doesn't win. But it just felt I'm like weird. I'm like, oh, you got him. This is like a Dr. Doofenshmirtz like
0: <laughs> level
1: plan. Like, we got him. What now? If, it was which weird.
0: Yeah. So this movie's simple. It's fine. Um, To call it good would really determine on if you grew up with this movie or not. And yeah.
1: If you liked it as a kid, you'll probably like it now.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think that that is a testament of a good... I am going to say that this is generally a kid's movie. And a testament of a good kid's movie is one that still holds up if you are re-watching it. If you're a new audience member watching it for the first time, if it doesn't hold up, that's not necessarily the movie's fault. But right. if it do- if it still ages well and you've seen it before, then I, s- I think that's still a victory in that movie's book. Yeah,
1: I can get behind that.
0: Um, I'm giving it a pretty nostalgic rating of a flat seven.
1: I'm giving it a five and a half. Because Fair enough. I'm, I'm seeing it for what it is. I think people could give it a worse score because it is all tropes. It's, it's a simple movie with a bunch of tropes. Um, But I think it's not it's not a bad movie. So it's not getting less than a five. Um, But I'm not watching it. Again. I mean, if I do watch it again, it's only for nostalgia. And I would never recommend people watch this movie unless you watched it as a kid. So if I can't recommend it, that means it can't be a six or higher. So, so
0: what you're saying is it's my job to show this movie to your kid
1: yeah i okay. mean
0: <laughs> i'd have
1: if i want my kids to watch this later in life i have to get them started now get them hooked and then we can bring it up later but like i yeah. think if you're older than thir- 12 13 this movie's not going to hit
0: absolutely all
1: huh? right
0: alex what is our improv segment
1: our improv segment we haven't done in a minute and i think um for all of our new listeners that are coming and joining us in the new year i think it's time to to flex on them so we're going to do real life real life oh man
0: oh man
1: it's a improv segment where jokes aren't the priority it's realness it's which is doing... really
0: what you want to hear from an improv comedy podcast is when they right. intro the one segment that they dedicate to comedy and be like we don't care about jokes this time around so buckle right. in
1: this is our opportunity to flex on a new audience members our acting chops the fact that like hey we're doing improv but we could do serious acting if we wanted to um so basically what happens is the other person picks the person's like scenario and it has it's usually something super deep like previously we had a person do a monologue in de- like marriage counseling trying to convince the other person not to divorce them and you're playing it straight the whole time and then at the end of the scene um when the person has been winging it this whole time the other person gives them notes tells them what they could have worked on better <laughs> Um, you know, issues with this, with the, the lines, the whole night. So yeah, man, we're going to do it. And uh, if we're not good, then I think, I think the level we perform at is exactly the level of this podcast. That's what I think.
0: Okay, sure. Why not? Let's, so, let's Craig, put a label first. on it like that. Okay.
1: Yeah. And and you'll show them how it's done. I think you should be telling Your child who's never experienced death before, that their dog just got hit by a car.
0: Yeah, sure. All right, buckle in, guys. (laughs) You can choose
1: whether or not to like break down the concept of them going to heaven, better place, the no suffering, that this is how death is for everything. You can say they went on to a farm and you're never going to see them again. You can approach it any way you want to do it, but your child just lost their only pet. And this is yeah. their first ever experience with death.
0: Okay. Hey, Travis, buddy. Um, do you have a good fifth birthday party? I know five is <laughs> five is such a big age. I'm yeah. Yeah. You, you're going to need your second hand to start counting soon. Um, Uh, Hey, I just want to sit you down real quick. Um, no, yeah, no, 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 Yeah. I, I'm so happy that you got that Buzz Lightyear toy. That's I, I you're going to have a lot of fun with that. Um, I do have something important that I need to tell you, though. Um, Unfortunately, while we were... hmm, You know how your mom and I always tell you to not play in the street, especially when we're not watching because (laughs) something bad might happen? Well... (laughs) You can't laugh! (laughs) Well... While we were all having fun at the party, um, we think that somebody accidentally didn't close the gate behind them when they came into the backyard and lucky ran out and he started playing in the street. And unfortunately he, uh, got hit by a car. Uh, we, we did rush him to an emergency vet, but unfortunately there wasn't anything more they can do. Uh, this means that you're not going to be able to play with him anymore. Uh, he's 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 gone. He's moved on to his next life. Uh, I understand that this is kind of a big thing to process. So if you have any questions, if you need to like, if you want to talk about how you feel about it, obviously like, let me know. Let your mom know. We'd be more than happy to to kind of help you work through this. I know you know. He was kind of your dog. You you took care of him a lot, but this is this is gonna be a, a big hit for the whole family, and we're we're gonna get through this together. Cox gun.
1: I got notes. <laughs> I, got notes. <laughs> I you started off so well that I'm like, man, this might be a perfect monologue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's two ways we can grade this. We can grade this on how well you acted it. And how bad of a parent this guy is. Whoa! I think as, I think if, as far as how well you acted it, I think you did a very good job. I think if these were all lines and you acted it like these lines, I think that's a pretty good job. I think you could use some more emotions, more pausing. But like, as far as acting goes, pretty good. Now, as far as the dialogue is concerned. <laughs> you know how your mom and I are always telling you not to play in the street? <laughs> Might not be a good way to say... Because it kills people. Like your dog, Lucky, who just died. So that was a little rough.
0: Well, now he understands the importance. (laughs) Hey, you know
1: how? Okay. Right after you said that, you said somebody didn't close the the gate. And I think if this kid can't read the lines, it's probably for the best. Because it definitely made it sound like it was his fault.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I was trying to imply. Hey,
1: somebody didn't close the gate. And he got out in the street. I'm like... Are you just telling this kid that if he didn't mess up, his dog would still be here? <laughs> and then you said, well, he's transitioning into the next life. And then don't explain what the next life is. <laughs> so he's going to be confused. And then um, you also said we took him to the vet, but there wasn't anything they can do. Which means he was still alive when you found him. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> And I'm like, uh, sorry, would you, be, would
0: you rather have me had gone and like, been like, hey, we picked we picked the run over dog in the street. He was whimpering yeah. and crying. Bloody his gut. Just be falling like, he was out. dead.
1: We saw him in the street and we didn't know what it was. And it turns out he had been hit and, and died. But instead, he was he was limping and there was nothing we could do. He was his eye was like half out of his face. And then then we went to the vet and he said, there's nothing we can do. So then we finished him off there. And then finally you told this five-year-old, um, if there's, if you're, I know you might be feeling the type of way. If there's any time you need to talk to us, talk to us. I know what you're going through is gonna be very hard. Um, then we're always here for you. Maybe it's best to assume that this kid's going to need help. And, um, you're really assuming a lot of mental and emotional maturity to identify when they're going to be having problems and seek out help. You might just want to help them. But other than that, man, other than those five (laughs) points, great job. (laughs) Great job. I wasn't anticipating a laugh, but I think our audience got a little bit of comedy out of that.
0: Okay. Alex, I want you to give like a house tour to someone. You're, you're a real estate agent and you're giving a house tour to someone. But if you don't sell this house, you are going to have, you're going to get evicted from your apartment.
1: Oh, I need this commission. To yeah. Wait.
0: You need this commission or you and your family will be kicked out of your apartment.
1: Well, I probably shouldn't tell them that. It might be a but bad, but that's look.
0: the motivation for it.
1: Okay. So I'm just going to be selling my bottle.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. I can do that. Um, so thank you guys for, you know, coming to this open house. I know you guys, I think you specifically have seen like what four houses this week. Um, so this is going to be a lot of what you're used to. This is going to have your four bedroom, two and a half bath, pretty good sized backyard, full size basement, recently renovated, uh, new kitchen, um, master has an attached tub and shower separated and his and her sinks. I think this is within your price range and there's a gated pool in the back. Um, we can move forward with this if you are feeling comfortable. The seller is extremely, extremely motivated to sell, so that might be able to assist your negotiations. Uh, I, this is also a very good school district, and the roof was recently replaced—I think two or three years ago. I can get back to you on those numbers. Um, but if there, if you have any questions, let me know. Um, what do you? What do you? I mean, this should be exactly what you're looking for. So. I, I think this is as good as it gets i this checks all your boxes I don't know what more you could want um I think so um the I mean the bathroom downstairs was finished i don't I don't know if there's an emergency exit I mean I can I can check um obviously it's standard to get an inspection before we close i understand. yeah um I'm sure they could put a handrail up for all the stairs if that's a hazard for you or um the carpet was recently put in as far as what's underneath it like hardwood floors i'm not sure i can get back to you on that as well um yeah just the one car garage um was was that i wasn't on your checklist did you need to you need okay um i can i can look for that um i think as far as everything else though, this checks those boxes um i think the hoa is good this is the first house i would have sold in this neighborhood um as you can see like everyone keeps their yard um Yes, I believe so. Um, I think the house hasn't been painted in a couple of years. Did you not like the paint? I If you don't like the paint, I'm sure that shouldn't be too hard to negotiate in the sale. Have you <laughs> Okay,
0: <sighs> hold on. I need, I need to cut you out here. Um, once you started doing a scene, uh, you this lost is me
1: having a conversation like over the phone and you can't hear yeah. the other side, and it's just me getting sadder and sadder knowing I'm not going to sell it. Listen, this is a hard scene to do, Craig. This is a yeah. hard one.
0: Um you uh I guess you lost I can the com- gun
1: and just get the money
0: you uh lost your confidence real fast all right you uh you didn't turn problems into opportunities right they're okay. uh they're okay. complaining about the one car garage and you're like. Well, yeah, I guess so. But you're not trying to convince them that they only needed a one-car garage. You're like, I, d- I didn't see that on your needed list. Like, y- you need to convince them that they need it. Um, also, okay. you didn't know a lot. It seems like
1: these are hard questions. I just, I, I've mean been in this house for like an hour. I don't know what if there's hardwood under the carpet. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I knew the last time the roof got replaced. <laughs> I don't know what the HOA is like. So uh, hard questions. Maybe the reason stress, I can't pay my bills is because I'm new on the job. And I'm still learning.
0: And I cannot stress this enough. These are questions that you have asked you. And like, I understand that's the point of this scene, but it's like, Alex, you could have given yourself easier questions.
1: Just layups. <laughs> Just like, how many stories is it? Well, boy, oh boy, I know that is. <laughs>
0: And you were also doing, like, a lot of promises. Like, yeah, I'm sure we could add some handrails. Like, you could probably repaint it. That that could probably be put into the negotiations. I'm like, can it be? Uh, Usually construction projects aren't part of the whole negotiation.
1: (laughs) 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 All right, all right. Well, uh, how did you feel about the performance? So, obviously, the guy didn't do a good job. How did you feel about me performing?
0: I I think... Once you, like I said, once you started fielding questions, your your attitude took a drastic change that kind of like, I think not only did your character lose confidence, but you lost confidence in your
1: performance. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's uh, real life. Um, You just saw both of our acting chops. And if you're like, wow, I'm super impressed. <laughs> well, we got 119 episodes for you to go listen to. And if you weren't, cool, bro. I don't know. Um... We're Brian, moving on. The, yeah. What you got for the millisecond? <laughs> uh, this is
0: also one we haven't done in a hot minute. This one's called red flags. I've nice. created, I, I've I, created, so, <laughs> I have created I have created I have created scenarios for you. Nice. Um and this is gonna be your dream scenario. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna give you increasingly worse red flags. There are Love nine it. stages, and you have to tell me when you tap out. All okay. right. Yep. So for this, this is gonna be your Best workout routine. Like, you're, this is, like, the thing that you find most efficient. Not, like, it doesn't feel super stressful, but it's still satisfying. This is your best workout routine. Okay. Uh, First red flag. You may never have a workout buddy.
1: Oh, that's totally fine. I'm okay. not worried about it. Like, the only uh, time that would be a problem is, like, spotting a bench or anything like that, but I'll figure it out.
0: Yeah. Uh, Two, you must always mix weights and cardio. Like, Every workout has to include both.
1: Um, that's not that big of a deal. It's not ideal. I'll probably just run before or after the workout. Or, you know, just hit, like, jump rope or something. I might just, like, find a loophole real quick.
0: For sure. Uh, number three. You have to exercise outside.
1: That sucks. Does in a garage count? Like, open garage.
0: An open garage, I will say count. count. Okay. And you can still use, like, machines and whatnot. Um... But it, it, it I just, just need it
1: to, to be work. like I need to be able to work out in the rain without getting wet.
0: Sure, yeah. Um, so I'm okay
1: with do. I'll just do it like open. I'll just have a sweet like garage gym.
0: Uh, number four. To prove that your workout is going well, you must fight another member of the workout program and best them to continue once a month.
1: Okay, so to what? What are we fighting to? Till knockouts Are this yeah, boxing? To,
0: I mean, to to yield. Are we just
1: wrestling? Just like t- till somebody taps? Yeah. Well, that would suck, but I think that would be fun. Maybe I'll just have like jujitsu be my workout now. Um, I think I could find a way maybe like two or three times a week. I work jujitsu and I have to wrestle somebody important at the end of the month. I think I could do that. Not number just five. like a guy, you know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> number five, you must provide your own weights if they weigh under 25 pounds.
1: Okay. Well, in my home gym scenario, that shouldn't be that big of a deal. And I think if I go out in public, It'll be wrestling anyway. So I think I could that's manageable.
0: Okay. Annoying, six. but manageable. Number six, you are never allowed to tell anyone about how your workouts go.
1: Perfect. I think that's super cringy to do anyway. People who brag about the workouts or post on social media feel like it's super weird and they're looking for it feels like they're looking for attention, regardless of whether they are or aren't. It comes off that way. So I have no problem with that.
0: Number seven, your protein drinks are seven percent human urine.
1: Well, That's a red flag there. That's a red flag. (laughs) And I'm out. It's either that or I never have protein drinks. So if I have to have them, then I'm out. If I can just not have protein drinks, then yeah, I'll I'll keep doing it. I mean, I'm not
0: going to force you to have protein drinks, but. Okay. Then I'm
1: just not going to do it. I will just eat. I'm just going to be the grilled chicken, broccoli, and rice guy. And if I need more protein, it'll be protein. You'll just pee a little bit. I'm just Um, not. I will never drink my protein then. There you go.
0: Uh, number eight, uh, the gym that you go to, which I must remind you is outside, shares a plot of land with a cow farm.
1: No big deal. A lot of people that smell really bothers them. doesn't affect me. I'm not worried about it.
0: Okay. Uh, number nine, the final one, you may never take your shirt off outside your home for the rest of your life.
1: Well, here's the thing. This would be a weird hill to die on. Um, (laughs) so that is a deal breaker for me because I need to run without a shirt especially when it's really hot outside. I could make it work, but that also means I have to go to the beach and wear a shirt the whole time and go swimming in a pool wearing a shirt the whole time. And that is like not worth having to work out, having the perfect <laughs> workout. I'll just have an okay workout then. I'll just get rid of all of this and just have an okay workout. That's fine.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Almost caught me on the urine though. <laughs>
0: Uh, so we almost got you. We almost, yeah. um, Almost. Uh, all right. Next one. The next scenario. We, we, we wrapped up that one. So you're going to have your best appearance from the shoulders up.
1: All right. Got you. Okay.
0: Number one, any piercing, even if they're frequently used, must be re-pierced every six months. Oh, bro.
1: Um, does that mean they heal? Yeah,
0: they still heal and everything. Um,
1: I have to go through the recovery process every time.
0: How long does how long how long is like, your
1: once recovery? Once you get your ears pierced, you're supposed to leave the earring in for six weeks because that's how long it takes the hole to hold a form.
0: Yeah, yeah, you yeah you have to go through the recovery.
1: Well, this is deal breaker number one, and I'm out. I'm not
0: doing it. <laughs> Whoa, that. dude! It got way that, worse from there.
1: I'm sure <laughs> it did. Let's just pretend that wasn't the deal breaker. But it's the deal, it's the deal breaker. That's so annoying.
0: Okay. Uh number two, you must file down your teeth because they grow like fingernails and at the same rate.
1: That's horrible. What the <laughs> heck? You think I'm bring like sandpaper in my mouth? Here's the thing. I know what the ideal, I'm trying to think of the ideal face on a man. For me, like Clooney's up there. I mean, older, obviously. Brad Pitt is up there, just like handsome dude. And I'm not willing to get my teeth full filed often like once a week to look like that it's not worth it i'm not i mean that ain't me bro okay well i'm gonna
0: take you through the rest of them just because i think they're fun i'm just gonna keep Um,
1: quitting that's fine
0: uh when you look in the mirror you do not recognize yourself oh
1: definitely not that's not good
0: your beard will remain the same base color but will change shade every day
1: oh no bro that's brutal
0: As you get older, your chin will slowly grow inward until it touches your bottom teeth. Oh,
1: this is horrible.
0: Number six, when you cut your hair, it turns to dust.
1: What? Okay, so what does that mean? That means the hair that I cut turns to dust? Or yeah. what's left turns to dust?
0: No, when you... No, when the I don't, I'm
1: understanding when the dust part hits.
0: The strands that fall to the floor turn to dust.
1: Oh. Well, that's cool. We should have had that as the first one. <laughs> That's Uh, no problem.
0: Number seven, you must wake up exactly halfway through your sleep cycle to fully moisturize your face.
1: Uh, To be honest, I would have said yes to that.
0: Number eight, your wife will always criticize your favorite part of your look.
1: No, that ain't it.
0: And then number nine, your eyes will randomly drift outside your eye sockets for 10 seconds.
1: Yeah, dude, this is probably the worst one we've ever done. (laughs) I'm glad there's two of them through the nine I would have said yes to. And I said no to the first one you gave me. All right. So, yeah, that was horrible. The
0: last scenario I have for you is the best book. This is your best book that you could read. Okay. Um, I like this. In this scenario, I'm assuming it's a physical book rather than an e-book. Um, okay.
1: And we're going to have it be fiction, nonfiction, doesn't matter.
0: Doesn't That part doesn't matter. Okay. So the first thing is the ink is starting to fade and some words are missing letters. Like very infrequent, just like a no letter. Worries. Y- yeah.
1: I've read, have you ever read books with typos? Yeah. It's annoying and I'm like, how did no one catch this? But that's that's as far as I think about it. So it's no problem.
0: Uh, Number two, three characters in this book all have names with only one letter difference.
1: Yikes. So that would be like, I mean, that's trash. I'm cool with it though. But I'll figure it out. Especially if they're yeah. not like the same gender. Because um, like if there was like an Alex and Alexis and an Alec, I could figure yeah. that out. Mm-hmm. I could figure that out. Let's do that. That's fine. Okay.
0: Number three. It's also your mom's favorite book and she calls you all the time to ask about it.
1: Okay. Here's the thing. Uh, in my imagination, I'm not reading a rom-com. She is reading like a dope spy book. Yeah. Which is fine. That means she's she's cooler. Not I'm less cool. So I'm okay with that.
0: None of the chapters are shorter than 50 pages.
1: Dope. I'm on board. Love it.
0: Okay. Number five, every two chapters, no matter where you are physically, an old man will hit you on the back of the head with his cane.
1: Sure. Don't care. (laughs) I'll just, every two chapters, you said, at the end of the second chapter, maybe. I just want to make sure I'm not, like, in my bed and a guy just appears, breaks into my house. (laughs) So I'll just be like, all right, I got two pages to go. Let me go out in public, so this guy can hit me. I'm totally doing it though.
0: The only way to read it is a physical copy. That's those short, dense books, like old sci-fi books or romance novels. You oh. know the ones I'm talking about. That's yeah, the only like the size of
1: your hand.
0: Yeah, that's the only print that 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 book comes in.
1: No worries. Cool with it. Okay. I hate it, but I'm cool with it.
0: The more you read it, the more your memories start to fade from your mind.
1: I'm this book is giving me dementia. Yeah. Mhm. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm out. Oh, I'm wait, out, really? Bro. Yeah. So you cool with that... I'm going to call it quit. It's on Alzheimer's.
0: <laughs> so you were cool with the old man hitting you, but
1: oh, I can't I'm remember cool my family anymore. Yeah. I think I'm going to call <laughs> it Alzheimer's. That's it.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to read you the last two uh just to round it out. Number Yeah, eight... but I made it pretty
1: far, okay? Yeah. Uh, okay.
0: no one you care about will ever read it. No matter how much you ask,
1: I would have said, yes, that's no problem.
0: And when you finish the book, your soul is consumed by the book and your life story is added to it. Alex, you, uh, you went a little silent there.
1: I'm going to say no.
0: <laughs> okay. I, but I, I can I, think you know. of
1: worse things to happen.
0: <laughs> Listen, you read a really good book and now you're part of the book. Easy peasy.
1: Yeah. Worse things could happen, but I'm gonna say no to that one. So I mean, I made it much further.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was Red Flags. Alex, we're going to move on to our one-hit wonder. This is sweet. a TikTok trend. Uh, I'm calling it mystery rankings. So I'm going to give you a topic, and then you must rank the things in the topic as I give them to you without knowing what's next. Does that make sense? Uh, so. Okay.
1: So... Every
0: category I give you is going to have five spots. Okay. And then when I give you the five things from that category, you must place it somewhere and keep it there. No matter what else I give you.
1: One's the best. Five's the worst. Yes. Sounds good. Let's do it.
0: All right. The first category is Channing Tatum movies. Um, Dope. All right. Step up. Uh, Two. Okay.
1: Big dude. Big fan.
0: So, but not number one,
1: not number one. Cause I, I know what my number one is going to be.
0: Okay. Uh, the second one, magic, Mike XXL three. Okay. The next one is 21 jump street one. Okay. Uh, yeah, Joe Kingsman, the golden circle four and then
1: dog five dude. Okay. That hits. That's that a one, the, great one.
0: That, that one turned out pretty well for you. All right.
1: I dude, that's my real life ranking. Yeah. I think. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's hits. That's exactly how I would have it in real life.
0: All right. Next is children's books.
1: Oh, this is gonna be hard. Okay.
0: Chicka Chicka Boom Boom.
1: I freak it. four.
0: Okay. Uh boxcar children.
1: I never read it. Uh three.
0: All right. Magic tree house.
1: One. Undefeated.
0: The night dad went to jail. What to expect when someone you love goes to jail?
1: Uh I've never heard of that. It's two. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's and then, so good.
0: And then finally the little engine that could.
1: Okay, 5. Which is dude, yeah, at 5. That ranking hits, dude.
0: I would have moved the awesome. little engine that could somewhere around, but you know, to each their uh, own.
1: Chicken, yeah, I would probably swap it I swap 4 and 5, and I never did boxcar children, but I'm sure it's a 3. That I stand behind that ranking, too.
0: So this, this next category is one of those things that even if you aren't familiar, you're familiar enough to where I think you can still give it a ranking. Okay. All right. So you're yep. going to be ranking the Album of the Year Grammy nominees from 1997. Dope. Okay. The first one is Change the World by Eric Clapton. Four. Uh, give Me One Reason by Tracy Chapman.
1: Oh, that's a good one. I'm going to go three.
0: Ooh, said that's a good one, but still keeping it in the middle. Are you afraid of what's I, next?
1: I think the ninety seven was an okay year. So I got some good stuff for it.
0: Okay. Uh Because You Loved Me by Celine Dion.
1: I guess that's due.
0: <laughs>
1: I would have switched Tracy Chapman <laughs> and Celine Dion.
0: So you have your number one and your number five coming up next.
1: It's either the so, best or the worst, yeah.
0: Um I uh Ironic by Alanis Morissette. Five. And then 1979 by the Smashing Pumpkins.
1: Dude, here's the thing: <laughs> Tracy Chapman. I should have put it one. The rest <laughs> is a wash, bro. <laughs> They're all bad. <laughs> I'm yeah. The rest is a wash. I that's the one ranking. I don't stand behind at all. These are whack, bro. Whack.
0: All right, best sitcom mom. I feel uh, like you're yes. familiar enough with these sitcoms to where you can give a a, a half decent ranking. Uh, okay. Number one is a uh, Linda Belcher from Bob's Burgers. Four. All right, next. I've been is... throwing
1: the first one in four a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, next is Lois from Malcolm in the Middle. Three. Lucille Bluth from Arrested Development. I don't know that one at all. Yeah, I really would have. I thought I thought you were an Arrested Development kind of guy.
1: No, I've never seen any of it. Well, I guess I'm gonna put myself in the exact same situation I was last time. You (laughs) know what? I'm gonna put it at five. The next one is gonna be one or two.
0: That's fair. Uh, Next is Claire Dumphy from Modern Family. Oh,
1: dude, that's not Sofia Vergara's character, is it?
0: No, it's not. Then two. (laughs) Okay, and then finally, your number one is Beth Smith from Rick and Morty
1: I mean that could be worse it could that be worse it r- really could be worse this is not the I was hoping for some bangers um but that's not bad that's not bad I can live with that
0: all right now we're gonna I I have two more and they're both scenario okay. rankings you accidentally bought too many groceries to fit in your freezer what is taking priority so rank these frozen groceries in terms of priority spacing in the freezer gotcha all right. Uh, frozen pizzas.
1: Three. Ice cream. Two.
0: Breadsticks. Four. um, A chicken breast.
1: Five. And, and then the your
0: number one is those feed six las- lasagna packages.
1: Wow. that was I got screwed over on that one bad. Here's the thing. If you take that one out, it holds up. That list holds up.
0: I'm surprised that you put the chicken breast so far down.
1: So here's the thing. Chicken breasts are a dime a dozen. And... If I can't put them in the freezer, I'll just cook them right then and there. I'll put them out and just cook them. It, that's okay. the one thing out of those that ha- doesn't have to be in the freezer.
0: All right. Final scenario. You've just gotten your driver's license. Beautiful. What order of these things are you most excited about? Sweet. Uh, Go to a party. Two. Get a job. Three. Go through a drive through Four. Drive with no purpose.
1: This was me, though, dude.
0: It was you. Yeah. One. Go to your partner's house slash on a date. That's your number five. Sorry, I I knew the last one was going to be like make out in your
1: car. (laughs) I knew it.
0: You know what? All things considered, I think you you batted like 50-50, I think, in terms of your personal accuracy.
1: Yeah. The first two were hitters. The third one was bad. And the last two were okay. Or last three were okay. Whatever, man. This is harder than it looks. Um... I'm. In, I'm interested to see where the audience randomly ranked theirs.
0: Yes, like, absolutely. You can't be
1: too far for some of those.
0: All right, free balling, Alex. Yes. What's your first thing?
1: My first thing is I watched The Color of Money. Um, it's an old, old Tom Cruise uh, movie. Um, about pool, and it was recommended to me by a couple of people. Like a lot of people have rec- like have just talked about it. Um, but. I heard it most recently on the Joe Rogan experience, Joe Rogan, big pool guy. And he's talking about like when this movie came out, like that was just what people were into then. Like it just brought it back. Um, I'm trying to think of what that would be, I guess. No, like formula one, like when that got on Netflix, all of a sudden everyone was watching F1. So this is like the resurgence of pool. Um, so Paul Newman's in it. He's like, it's like him and Robert Redford. And then like, um, who's that guy who was, um, uh, James Dean. So, like, those are like the three guys that when I think of like old movies, just handsome, slick, no one cares. Maybe Marlon Brando, too. So, like, those four are just like the handsome guys. And he is Tom Cruise's mentor on how to be a pool hustler and make money off of like pretending you were bad at pool and then smoking them. It's an okay movie. It's okay. I liked everyone in it. The ending is mediocre. And I thought it was going to end differently. Uh, Tom Cruise's character is super annoying. It's on purpose, but it still makes it hard to watch. So ah, six and a half, I guess. Six, six and a half. It's all right. It's color <laughs> of money. came out in 1986. So.
0: That was the most disheartened six, six and a half I've ever heard from
1: you. It's just like an old. It, it's hard with old movies um, because they have a lot of it's just real stuff. You can't rely on CGI too much or you shouldn't. You shouldn't rely on CGI too much. Um, so this is just also, like, if a, you're
0: making a pool movie that needs CGI. What are you doing?
1: I mean, it's just like, and it's not a very big budget stuff. It's obvious they, they were just banking off the casting. Paul Newman was in an old movie that came out 25 years before this about pool. So this is kind of like the remake. Um, he was in a, mo- a movie called the hustler that came out in the sixties, like 61. And then he came back 25 le- or 20 some years later to do this movie. And this is what like got people's parents to come to the theaters. Okay. Um, it's all right, man. It's all right.
0: I watched Babylon, which is oh, Damien dude. Chazelle's new movie. Um, Damien Yeah, with Chazelle, every celebrity. Yeah. So Damien Chazelle was the writer and director of Whiplash, which I absolutely loved, and yep. La La Land, which I very much did not. So I was walking into Babylon half-hearted. You know, my glass was not half-full. It was not half-empty. My glass was just half. Um And this movie is okay in a good way you know you have bad okay movies and you have good okay movies babylon is a good okay movie um okay so it's one of those movies that it's it's not about the plot it's a movie about sequences happening next to each other and they kind of form a story. It's not—it's not like vignettes or anything. It's the same characters, but it's not like one a scene. One scene affects the other scene. Affects the other scene. We're kind of just poking in on the same characters at different Ugh. points in their life, in their careers. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so for the first ninety minutes, that's kind of what it is. And the movie doesn't have a lot of structure. It doesn't really feel like it's going anywhere. But that's okay, because the movie has, like, killer vibes. Margot Robbie is fantastic in this. And just, like, it's a fun watch. But this movie's three hours long, so the other 90 minutes was kind of where it lost me. It got to a point where I was like, okay, movie, if you're going to start telling me something, you better start telling me it soon. And it doesn't for, like, 45 minutes. And then Toby M- Toby Maguire shows up wearing the most disgusting practical makeup I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, if you just Google Toby Maguire Babylon, you're going to be like, that's a disgusting person.
1: Oh, no. Uh,
0: but he, uh, Toby Maguire's great in it. He's only in it for, like, 15 minutes. But his character is the most interesting. And then he leaves, and then the rest of the movie is boring again. So... <laughs> It's just, it's a very wayward movie. It has probably my favorite opening scene to a movie I've seen in a very long time, where the first 20 minutes is just a Hollywood party. Like, I think it takes, it starts in like 1927. So Mm -hmm. imagine like a 1927 Hollywood mansion party. Like they had, like they brought an elephant in. There's a big jazz band playing. The mansion is full of people. Everyone's doing cocaine and just like they're like crowd surfing on each other. Like it's a just like a big party. And that scene goes for like 20 minutes. And I was down the entire time. So like this movie has cool parts to it. I just think it's also weighed down by the vast amounts of nothing it has at the second half of the movie.
1: So this movie, I get confused with the new movie Amsterdam because they're both places. Yeah, Babylon and Amsterdam, both places, and Margot Robbie's in both of them. Yes. Amsterdam is now on Netflix.
0: Or HBO Max or something. Or
1: HBO Max or something. It's streaming somewhere. Babylon is still in theaters. There are yeah. both period pieces. So one is the fall of what? Like black and you said black and white to talkies. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then Amsterdam is a nineteen thirties murder mystery kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So same time period. Um, but Amsterdam's the one with like You know, 9,000 people with freak. It's got Christian Bale and John David Washington and the, and Babylon's got Brad Pitt and whoever. And they both have a stupid number of celebrities in them.
0: So it was okay. I'm glad I watched it. Okay. But I, I would have a hard time recommending this to people. It's not showing up on any of my end of year lists. It was, it was good. And that's it. So it's like a 6.75. Okay.
1: Okay. Um I watched Top Gun Maverick. Um because every single person in America has said this movie's incredible. Craig, you've seen it.
0: Yeah, uh uh-huh. I talked about it when it came out in June. Right. Ish.
1: This is my first time seeing it cuz now streaming on Paramount. People who recommend this movie don't watch very many movies.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're so right.
1: Um people recommend this movie, loved the first movie.
0: And we canonically
1: tell- didn't. This movie yeah. It, it. I don't think it's not that we didn't enjoy it. We understood why people did, and we were like, oh, this is just a movie. Like, it's just a movie. This movie is currently ranked number 90 of the top movies all time on IMDb. 9-0. It's in the top 100 of all time. That's not good. People said this movie is better than the first one. Maybe.
0: I will say Let's, that. I will say I, probably. It's definitely better than the first one. I will agree with that sentiment. I liked and this movie when I saw it.
1: I... Was indifferent for the first two hours and forty-five minutes, and let me tell you why. This movie is only good because of the last thirty minutes. That's the only reason this movie's good. If it was, if you didn't have the last thirty minutes, this would just be a movie that got some of the original cast back.
0: I just want to say this movie's not three hours long. He he
1: meant to say ninety no, like,
0: hour thirty minutes. It's not two hours thirty minutes. Oh,
1: let's say two hours and thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah. So it's two hours and ten minutes long. It got good at hour forty. Before that. It was Planes the movie.
0: Yes, this movie it's very tropey. Um, y- you know where all the character relationships are going to end before the movie you know ends the first act, and the fact that the movie tried to make you think that it was gonna go any other way is just like it kind of felt like a waste of time. Like, yeah, the son you know the son's gonna forgive him. You know the hot shot's gonna get his due. We all know this. Come on.
1: Um, but I will say the last 30 minutes of this movie, 40, 35 minutes are awesome. They're amazing.
0: Yeah. Once they start the mission, I'll tell you exactly when the movie gets like genuinely good. And it's when top or it's when Maverick does the Canyon run to prove it can be done.
1: Okay. Hold up. Uh, we watched this for new year's, like new year's day. We're like, we're going to watch this during the new year. We had to pause it right after he finished the Canyon run and he picks Who's going to go on his mission with them? And then Macy's like, all right, I'm going to sleep. And I'm like, let me tell you, this movie sucks. If this movie is done right now, this movie would be a five. Because it's just planes, the movie. It's, oh, I used to be good. now I'm not. Not that to be mock-
0: confused with the movie plane that comes out at the end of January.
1: Right. <laughs> uh, not to be confused with the car spinoff planes. This is plane. The- it's just boring. It's just watching planes. If you liked planes, this movie would be cool. If you liked trains, then you'd be wanting to watch trains, the movie, but it's all the same. Sort of like fast and furious is for cars. Guys like this movie is just gross. It's pure Americana. It's let's be honest here. Let's be real. It's mostly white Americana. It's how it's what people who want America to go back to where it used to be. This is what they want. This is, this is that sentiment bottled up, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's not even like... I mean, it's, it it is is pro-military. Who are we kidding? This yeah. is like the Navy's recruitment video when they show people who want to be pilots. This is like what gets people in. Um, It just felt kind of gross. And I think this is... I mean, I was in the military. I'm like, it's not this sexy, guys. It's just not. Okay? And it felt like propaganda. Yeah, yeah. But, and then the last 40 minutes... I mean, this is after the beach scene where they play football. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then you get to see shirtless Tom Cruise, which was completely unnecessary. Um, you don't get to explore a lot of the relationships of the classmates, much like the first one. You focus on a couple. Um, Miles Teller is amazing and everything he's in. So I'm on, bo- I'm, I'm on board with that. And then the last, right when the canyon run starts, that's when the movie gets good. And that's when the movie gets great.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing about this movie is... <clears throat> I Tom Cruise is very charismatic Miles Teller is very yep. good at his job I liked Glenn Powell in this so like their performances are good and that's why I gave this movie a high rating when I talked about it over the summer because even though the plot is very boring until the action picks up I still liked watching them interact with each other just because they um, did a good job at doing it
1: Val Kilmer scene was weird I understand why they did it because he's like, he had throat cancer in real life. In real life, it was hard for him to talk. So in this, they made it so it was hard for him to talk and he had cancer. And he was one of, I mean, they brought him back because when you are doing a revival of something this big, you need to have as many original cast members as possible. And they brought back Iceman, which I'm on board with. But it felt shoehorned. Jennifer Connelly's character didn't need to be in the movie. No, she didn't. They just needed a woman. They needed a woman who had a relationship with him and a person he can make vague promises to and then fulfill them at the end, so he make him feel like a good guy. Um, so that part was completely just toss it out. But I'm telling you, dude, those last forty minutes of this movie—it's
0: so good.
1: It's so good. So it makes that five go through the roof. So the average rating on IMDb is eight point four out of ten. I'm I'm not on board with like a movie having a stellar third act and now it's a good movie. Because if you're good enough to do that, you could have put a little bit more effort into the beginning. But I understand why this movie's getting the rating. I'm okay with giving it an eight, but I'm putting the biggest asterisks like, this is the only eight where you have to feel like, not like you're suffering through, but reminding yourself, it's gonna get better, it's gonna get better. Like what I'm feeling right now is okay. This is a mediocre movie. But they're gonna turn it up, and then it's going to be good again. And I just don't, I don't, want to feel like i'm wasting my time to get to the good part i don't want to get to dessert at the end i want dessert the whole time but that's how i feel about it i'm giving it an eight out of ten which feels crazy (laughs) it feels crazy that's too high but the last 40 minutes dude are amazing so i guess that's good enough whatever
0: (laughs) okay uh i want to get through two really quick one roald Dolls matilda the musical they i talked about this last week Mm -hmm. where they made a film adaptation of the musical version of Matilda. If you like Matilda, you'll like the musical. There's a lot more music than I thought there was going to be, but it's all fantastic. Emma Thompson is fantastic. Lashana Lynch is amazing. Holy crap. So if you like Matilda, watch Matilda the musical. Now, the thing that I do want to get into is I watched On the Count of Three, which is... Jared Carmichael's directorial debut. he also stars in the movie. um and it's a 90 minute movie about two best friends who go in on a suicide pack together.
1: Holy smokes
0: Yes, a little bit of a change in tone and it's kind of their last day before they follow through oh. on the suicide pack. And that's how and the movie is a dark comedy, so it's very emotional but it's also funny like it it's not afraid to make suicide jokes while Mm -hmm. still being tasteful um and never during this movie did I feel like it was uh, being like disrespectful I I think this movie was very poignant it uh had a very specific message it wanted to talk about and I think it did a very good job at staying on that message and not being weird about it um I didn't I didn't laugh a lot at the humor. I could tell when they were making jokes, but they didn't always land with me. Um and when you're making a dark comedy, you got to make sure that comedy lands. Yeah. Uh I think I felt like because of the runtime and the nature of the beast, the movie itself felt kind of surface level in what it wanted to talk about with its emotions. I could tell that this there was a version of that script that was much heavier and had a lot more emotion in it that maybe mm-hmm. kind of got cut to reduce the runtime. Uh it's on Hulu. Uh like I said, it's only 90 minutes. I if you are interested in watching like a heavier comedy, um I I would recommend this one. It's Probably like a six and a half for me. I It's a movie. You will not see a movie like this again for a very long time. This movie is very unique. Uh, and I think that if you're even like half interested, you should watch it. It's called On the Count of Three.
1: Sweet, dude. I can get down with that.
0: Let's talk about the onion in the room.
1: So we both bought the glass Glass onion. And we can't yeah. talk too much about this because we've been going on for forever. I liked Knives Out better. Macy okay. likes Glass Onion better.
0: I also like Glass Onion better. Um, oh, yeah. I've said this a billion times and I'll say it a billion more. The reveal of who the killer is in knives out. I found very boring Uh, spoiler. If you haven't seen the first knives out, Chris Evans was the obvious choice and I felt like they went with the obvious choice and I didn't like that
1: glass onion. Uh, but for me, this felt obvious. Okay. Um, I felt like, cause you're finding out the whole time is like, Certain people have certain reasons to want other people alive. And it's very easy to draw the... The thing is, is they spend a pretty good time amount of time showing you clues to convince you that... Well, it's definitely not.
0: Sure. Okay, let me put it this way. And here's what I think the definitive difference is. Um, In Knives Out, they revealed who did it and then did a plot twist. In this one, they did a plot twist and then revealed who did it. And I think that was more satisfying for me.
1: Um, I liked both. I just like Knives Out a little bit more. Yes, yes. Um, yes. I also like Knives Out more because I felt like I knew the characters better. In this one, I knew the characters well enough. um, But for me, I never got past the actors playing them. And I was always focused on... I mean, yeah, I never got past who the actor was playing with them. So every time I saw Duke, I'm like, that's just Dave Bautista. Every time I saw, you know, What's-Her-Face, I thought Kate Hudson. Um, That's so so interesting
0: because I really felt the reverse way because...
1: I mean, like, here's the thing. I recognized that they were acting really well, but I didn't know enough about their characters to fill in that space with who they are.
0: And so in Knives Out, I felt like the movie was about Benoit Blanc. You know, it was about Daniel Craig, Ana de Armas, and Chris Evans. And like, that was it. And everybody else just felt like... They felt like set pieces, like, oh, now we need an interview scene with this person. Now we need an interview scene with this person. But in Glass Onion, it felt way more like this is a group of people that, like, interact with each other and they have relationships. Like, they felt way more dynamic in Glass Onion, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And I understand that the first one was about, like, a family. Now it's about friends and how, like, wealth corrupts. And it was good. um I just wasn't super impressed. I liked... Anytime you have to go back in time and let me show you what actually happened or when you see stuff in the background and then you can go back in time and then you see that happening in the background and now what you saw in the foreground previously is now in the background. That was a super cool device. Um, I was relatively unimpressed with the ending, like the last 20 minutes. Sure. Um, Mm. It was just a, it was a good enough movie for me. It did. It took up my evening. Mm. I'm like, I don't feel bad for watching it. I wasn't disappointed. I'm like, oh, this is just a good movie. It just didn't blow my mind, which is no big deal. I'm not looking for stuff, too.
0: Yeah. I liked it. It's probably like a seven and a quarter.
1: Yeah. I would say six and a half, six, seven, five. So are yeah. not far off from each other. Um, I love Janelle Monáe in it. Um, Ed Norton. Yeah. Did a pretty good job. Very eccentric. I dug it. Um, Batista did a good job. And I feel like everybody else could have been interchangeable. No, I don't know. that's not I'm, true. That's I'm not
0: obsessed. True. I am obsessed with Daniel Craig in this movie, though. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like the accent or like his outfits or just like. Yeah, I take pr- that back.
1: The casting was good. And I know Daniel Craig's going to be a recurring character and he's going to make a bunch more of these. The casting was pretty good. I think the writing could have been a little bit better. and the And the setting was huge. Crazy.
0: So next week, we are continuing with watching movies that made me. And we are going to be watching Batman Forever with Val Kilmer, Jim Carrey, and Tommy Lee Jones. Sure are. <laughs> I'm excited to see if I still like this movie. We'll find out.
1: I have never seen this movie. So we're going to have a fresh take.
0: My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle.
1: And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good.
0: Have fun, be safe, and make good choices.
1: And while you're at it, tell your mom said hi.
0: See you next week.
1: See ya next week. Wow, dude. I freaking, I, 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 we're going to have to actually keep it in. That's how we're starting the new year. I'm not saying hi to moms anymore. That's fine. I'm a changed man. Keep it in. Bye, I guess. <laughs>